Lined into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. And welcome inside episode 71 of Breaking Bats presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Ayers and I am joined as always by the great Kate Maniscalco. Uh, joining me once again, we had a couple things planned for top of the show, what we're going to talk about first. And then the Orioles decided to sign our old friend Aaron Hicks. And we have to talk about that. Kate is the Yankees fan, me is the Orioles fan. I mean, it just, it checks all the boxes here. So it's to set the scene a little bit, in case you're not as familiar, not as locked in with, with everything, Orioles and Yankees and Aaron Hicks. Um, so Orioles all-star center fielder, Cedric Mullins, he's the best all-star, 30-30 guy. He pulled up limp running to first base, and he tore his – he has a right groin tear, uh, a right groin strain, I should say. And he's placed on the 10-day IL, and the Orioles are, are, are saying that they're hoping it's weeks and not months until we get Cedric Mullins back. The Yankees cut Aaron Hicks last Friday – because he hit 188 in 28 games. And then the Orioles just went ahead and signed him to a major league contract. They Kate texted me this and he ruined my lunch. But let me try to find the, the time here. At 1257, Joey's McFly, who works for John Boy, tweeted Aaron Hicks going to Baltimore. And I was like, that's not real. This guy's not verified. Also, not a reporter. Haha, Kate, very funny. That's that's a funny joke. And then like it started getting traction. Like the reporters are like, all right, they're serious interest. And then they just signed him. And somehow with, within the like hours, it was 458. And it was like, Aaron Hicks is taking BP in Baltimore. I was like, did Aaron Hicks sleep here? Was this, was this kind of taking place beforehand? Um, actually I'll let Kate, I want to get you in here first. Okay. First, how are you? <laughs> Second, how bad is Aaron Hicks stink? Thank you so much for introducing me. And, um, I'm doing great. Ran 10 miles this morning. Um, Aaron Hicks currently is not doing the best, I would say. Um, I'm willingly handing him off to you, but maybe he could succeed better in Baltimore. You never know. Sometimes it appears to be a trend with Yankees that they go to another team and then they level up a little bit. So there is hope there. I will say that. I mean, there is a fair amount of people that, go to New York and do well. Look at True. you, Jake Bowers. They, they somehow just pull the best out of guys. Um, yes. Somebody had tweeted that Aaron Hicks is either going to like go off for the Orioles or he's going to be the worst player ever. There's no in-between. It that Yeah, that sounds bad. The problem is with Aaron Hicks is I feel like something happened in the past two years and he's just not able to get back, both defensively and offensively. But you never know. There's... Maybe I'm hoping for you, for your sake. I like, I like Hicks as a person, but it's been difficult to watch in New York. Very similar to like a Joey Gallo situation last year. Like you like them mm -hmm. and you hope they succeed somewhere else, but not on your team. If that makes sense. The, the old, <laughs> maybe he just needs to change, change his scenery. Change his scenery. I mean, that yep. usually applies guys. Sometimes maybe it's just something about the area, the fans. Yeah. The, the Joey Gallo. As soon as he leaves New York, he goes to LA and starts hitting the ball, like tearing the cover off of it. So it's yeah. maybe that could work. Um, what a fall from grace, though. In 2018, the guy gets MVP votes. 
He goes out yeah. and gets a seven-year, $70 million contract that offseason. And then it just was never the same. No. Like 188 this year. His OPS plus this year, it's like 47. Like 100 is league is like league average. He's 47. So yes. it's like half as good <laughs> as yes. league average. My thing with this, and I know I'm not going to be the only one out there with this take, is like this guy stinks. The whole world knows he stinks. And what's funny is that the, the Orioles general manager, Mike Elias, I think he knows he stinks because he had this quote today. It was just ridiculous. Uh, I, I quote to it. I just said, LOL. Mike Elias on Aaron Hicks's offense. We have stuff that we look at from a scouting and evaluation perspective that, as I've said before, is very different from just looking at the back of the baseball card. And we hope we get a bounce back from anyone that we bring in. So he's like, hey, don't look at the back of the baseball card. Nope, we, we know he's hitting know 188. Don't look at it. We have some proprietary algorithm that will prove somehow that he'll bounce back. That's what what a <laughs> what a what load of crap that is. Hey, <laughs> listen. All right, numbers don't tell the whole story. We have some black magic thing we have going on, some wizardry that will tell us that Aaron Hicks will actually be good. It's not. It's like what they did with the City Connects. It's like. Their, their explanation for the City Connects jerseys was like, there's more to these that meet the eye. That's so, Aaron Hicks. Hey, yeah. Draw a parallel line there. Yeah. They, I just don't understand. Like, the, the, the immediately signed this guy after Cedric Mullins got hurt. It tells me that Cedric Mullins is like really hurt. Yes. Yes. Or maybe they're thinking he'll be back sooner than we thought. So we could just fill him in for a little bit because Justin and I were saying before we started to record they're pretty much getting him for free you're getting a free Aaron Hicks because the Yankees still have to pay so I guess you get a free player that you could put in center field I'm really trying to play devil's advocate on, on this one it's very hard it's very hard to play devil's advocate for both the Orioles decision to take him and then the Yankees you know to defend how he did on the Yankees yeah, they, they, the Yankees couldn't wait to get rid of him, and he was only out there in free agency. Like when I thought of Aaron Hicks after he got cut from the Yankees, I thought maybe somebody would take a flyer on him on like a minor league deal. This felt like mm -hmm. a classic. Put him in AAA. Let's yes. see what we have left in Aaron Hicks. Let him figure it out. Let him get his swing right. I didn't think this was he'd be a free agent for like forty eight hours and somehow be magically teleported to Baltimore to take BP within hours of signing a major league contract. That wasn't what I anticipated, and it was a no. little bit shocking. Was not my 2023 bingo card. I have oh, to say that. I also didn't. I didn't think that the Yankees would DFA him. I know everyone's been asking for it, but I really thought he was going to stay throughout the entire year. But I, I love the people on Twitter that already started the DFA Hicks on the Orioles movement. No, never too early to start that movement, and I was I co-signed that. It's yes. I just don't understand because like the Orioles like. They, they So everybody talks about the Orioles. They, they have all these great prospects. Colton Kowser, um, he's hurt. Uh, Kyle Stowers, he's hurt. So they were looking down the depth chart in the minor leagues, and they have this guy, Daz Cameron, uh, who actually has major league experience, and he's doing pretty well in AAA. I'm like, oh, they'll bring Daz up. Or they'll put Hayes in center. They'll put our guy Adam Frazier and Taron Vavra as like a platoon in left. That would have been that would have made sense. Or Jorge Mateo, he's fast. He's yeah. played the outfield before. Maybe they could have done that, but to to just sign Aaron Hicks it, to a major league deal, mm -hmm. it, it's a head scratcher. 
it's, I mean, Mike Elias will wear this one. He's done so yes. many good things for this organization, but he's done some things that just make you scratch your head. Yes. Mike, tell us what that algorithm is that tells you Aaron Hicks is good. Show us the, show us the, the papers, show us the, the formulas that you looked at that said this guy's worth it. Please. Maybe he's thinking there's something left out of him and we can see what he's got in Baltimore. It's very it hard to convince 2018 last time he was good, Kate. It was 2018. I graduated college in 2018. I just, I have this one play that just lives in my head rent-free. I was at the stadium when this happened and it was a fly ball hit to left field and Hicks thought it was foul and it was fair. And he just sat there and watched it on the line and runners were running around and then he realized it was fair and then he threw it in and he booed sat him immediately after. But that's just what I think about when I think of Aaron Hicks, unfortunately. So maybe he'll be better in center field. I don't know. Fingers crossed for you. I think he's a dual threat. He's an offensive and defensive liability. Not many guys are like that. Some guys can play defense and can't hit yes. or some guys can hit and can't play defense. He's the rare guy that just can't do either of those. Yes. Like that was the whole thing with Joey Galloway. They kept him around for so long. He gold glove outfielder and can't hit, but at least he'll get to the ball. Hicks, yes. it's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough luck for him. So uh, please keep myself and all Orioles fans in your thoughts and prayers during this difficult time mm -hmm. as we transition into having Aaron Hicks play center field for the Orioles. Uh, the good news is that Adam Frazier is batting leadoff again. That's right. a big, that like, I've been calling for Adam Frazier. He started the year hitting eighth. I was like, that's kind of low. I mean, he's tearing the cover off the ball. He's, you know, he's doing great stuff. And then they put him up to fifth. He's always batting fifth. Like, he did well in the, in the five hole, but usually... Usually you want a little more power in the five hole. Nothing against Frazier. He is hitting dingers this year, but I'm like, I feel like he's got to be higher. Put him higher. Mm -hmm. And this and tonight, lead off. So we did it. Throw up the, the mission accomplished banner. We did it. Because Adam Frazier is batting lead off for the O's tonight. Um happy for you. I'm happy for the O's thank too. You. I'm ha I'm happy for I'm happy for the Orioles. I'm happy for Frazier. Mm -hmm. Guy's having a hell of a year. Oh yeah. Um Okay. Well, I'm glad we did that. It was kind of it was good to get that off my chest talking about Aaron Hicks. This is not going to be the last time we talk about Aaron Hicks on this podcast. So no. buckle up, brace yourself. What do you want to, whatever you want to call it. It's just the beginning. Do you feel better getting that off your chest? Yeah, I, I think it's better. Yeah, I don't, you know, I keep things bottled up. It's, no. not, it's not healthy. No. Especially when it comes no. to Aaron Hicks. This will just be Aaron Hicks therapy. Yes. Um, okay. Next up, we do have things that we actually plan. Uh, Memorial Day. It just happened. Uh, what did you do on Memorial Day besides running? Memorial Day, I had a barbecue I went to, had a little, my sister was in town, I went to the game on Sunday, watched them beat the Padres, it was great. What did you do? Uh, I just kind of hung out and I watched a lot of baseball. I watched Love. a lot of the Yankees-Padres series, which is unfortunate. Uh, I was, I think I talked a lot of smack on, was it Friday the Padres won, Friday night? Yes. Yeah, it was great. Our guy Steven Wilson shut the door, I was tweeting clips out left and right, it was like, this you is You were it. very excited. And then they, and they didn't win again. So that was great. Uh, yeah, didn't really last year. I did the whole like beach trip thing. This year was kind of more low key, but, uh, I like Memorial day. It's summer. Now we've got the summer whites on. So yep, look at that. We look at us. We're twinning today. We didn't even plan didn't, it. Didn't plan it. Yeah. Nope. Get the Rangers hat on though for going. Uh, this, this is Rangers week. I would say, is this myself. Arlington week? Are you excited? Yeah. Fri Friday night against Seattle. I will be there. Nice. Globe life field park. One of the two. I don't know. Globe life something. Um, it'll be great. 
So uh, updates to come on next week's podcast on my Dallas trip. Um, but in a broader sense, in baseball, Memorial Day is kind of that that mark where you look at it. It's like a third of the way through the season. Teams are starting to get figured out. Like the, the flash in the pans have kind of already happened. The teams that have kind of started hot have kind of fallen back to earth. I'm sorry, Pirates fans. Um, but I wanted to take stock of a few teams that I just want to dig, dig a little deeper because, and just see where they stand. And it's, it's the San Diego Padres. Yes. Because right now the, we get the correct standings as of Tuesday. I don't make sure something, nothing has changed here. Yeah. Okay. That's, I've still got it right. They're 24 and 29. They lost two out of three to the Yankees. And before that they lost two out of three to the Red Sox and two out of three to the Kansas city Royals, which is a little disheartening. It's, it's weird because you look at their games and their box score, and, and it's going back to the Aaron Hicks thing. It's like they can't do both sides of the ball at the same time. They can't – when they hit, they don't pitch, and when they pitch, they don't hit. And it's just this weird game of what side is going to be better tonight. Um, and it's a little frustrating because I know the Padres are better than this. They have a loaded team, but um, how worried should we be with the San Diego Padres right now? Are you worried? I don't want to be concerned with the San Diego Padres. I don't. I was very excited about them, especially during this offseason, and now I am. Last 10 games, 198 average, 93 strikeouts, 393 slugging, and they are hitting 185 with risp. That is the worst average in Major League Baseball. Now, keep in mind, the Oakland A's, even though they're not trying, they're still, they're still there. So they are behind the Oakland A's in average with risp. I don't understand how that's physically possible. Now they start a series against the Marlins. They're eight games back behind the Dodgers. They have to make up some serious ground because it's not it's not looking pretty in San Diego, in my opinion. What do you think? I think this is be- only because of the the guys they have on their team. You have to give them okay. the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm not worried. I would say cons- I don't know what's I don't know what's less than worried. Concerned. Concerned. Yeah. Concerned. I think that's a good word. Right, because it's like I'm not full fledged panic button pressing it i think the panic button's across the room i don't even think we're looking at the panic button right now really okay i just there's i you look at that lineup and i know they've dealt with injuries and manny machado is still out right now but bogarts is still there soto is still there like tatis they they have the best lineup in baseball when they're fully healthy they did just sign gary sanchez speaking of which now he, he gary sanchez is playing catcher tonight for the san diego padres i don't know how i feel about that one um, How many teams has Gary Sanchez been on in the past two years is what I need to. So Yankees, he was on the Twins last year, right? And then he went to the Mets for a hot sec, and now he's on the Padres. What is this? Toss around Gary Sanchez to every single team until he finds something that sticks? So Did I get that right? <laughs> Maybe. Pretty much. Yankees, um, Twins. So Yankees in 21, Twins in 22, yeah, and then... He was a free oh, agent. wait, no, I had that wrong. Yankee, no, it was, it was March 13th, 2022. Yankees traded Gary Sanchez, Gio Rochella to the Twins for Donaldson. So that was March of 22. Yeah. And then that, and then November, he's free agent. Yep. Uh, the Giants had him on a minor league contract in April. <laughs> and then. Went to the Mets for a minute. For then a he minute. signed, yeah, then he got cut. And then he signed with the Mets to a minor league deal. And then the Mets cut him on May 25th. And on the 29th, mm-hmm. the Padres claimed him off waivers. So he didn't even get a chance to be fully cut. Uh, and then they activated him, and he's starting playing catcher for them tonight. What a ride. I didn't know about the Giants. What he was a there. ride for Gary Sanchez. 
That is crazy to me. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's some guys like they'll tweet out the list of like all the teams they've played for. And it's just hilarious. But like, yeah, it's, but this is one year, like a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) He's got all different jerseys for all different teams. He's racking up the frequent flyer miles. Yeah, seriously. Jeez. Wow. Okay. So Gary Sanchez is catching. Gary Sanchez is catching for the Padres, which doesn't really bode well for that whole argument I just made. But um, I think they're fine. I, I okay. Like Darvish is not going to get hit around like he did against the Yankees on a regular basis. <laughs> What'd you say? You don't think? <laughs> for you, Darvish. No, it's a season high. Um, I think they're fine. It's, it, it's, I don't know. Is this the time of the year where you could still say it's still early or have we reached the point where you can't say it's still early to kind of, you know, unload some of the blame? I think end of June, you could stop saying. I feel like it is still, it's still kind of early. A third of the way through the season. Two months. Yeah. You, I think you really hit the panic, the panic button really, you, you smack it as hard as you can, like right before the all-star break. And then you have to go like full send. Until then, right? Maybe. Yeah. Well, halfway through. I think, I think you can say it's still early until mid June. Okay. That's fair. I'll give it another couple weeks. I think you as a fan base, if you're a fan of a team, let's say you're a Cardinals fan and you're 24 and 32 and you're not doing great and you're, Mm -hmm. you can't hit and you can't field anymore. Um, you could say it's still early. You absolutely could say it's still early. Yeah. But it depends. I, it does kind of depend. It's a great it's a great debate. Um, so I think the Padres would be fine. The next team is ironically the team they played in last season's NLCS. It's the Philadelphia Phillies. And mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of set the scene here, kind of like what I did for the, the the Aaron Hicks thing. I'm watching the game, went to my dad's house, visited him. We love watching Sunday night baseball, even though we both you know, gripe back and forth about the broadcast team and the weird questions they ask during the game. Um, we're watching it. It's Phillies at Braves. And it was the worst game of baseball I think I've watched in a long time. It was it was sloppy. The Phillies couldn't pitch. They couldn't field. They gave up three home runs. They had three errors. They lost 11 to four on primetime. And it got me thinking, I was like, no, because I, I haven't been keeping up with the Phillies admittedly. I was like, this can't be right. The Phillies can't be this bad. They are. They're, 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 they're that bad. There's seven games back, and they're on pace for 76 wins as a team. I am worried. They, I'm worried about the Phillies. Yes. I don't think they have it. No, I completely agree. And I was just looking at like their pitching stats as well. Like Wheeler and Tyon Walker pitch, they do well. Phillies won. Covey and Aaron Nola made two mistakes. Phillies lost. They're one in nine when their fifth starter was the primary pitcher. And I just, I feel like that's also kind of dragging them down. And as the trade deadline approaches, that's going to have to be their primary focus is just finding another pitcher for their rotation. But the errors, the errors the other day, that was pretty painful to watch. I have to say. Oh, so, okay. So you, you watched Sunday Night Baseball too? I did. Yes, I did watch it. The best one was... Ball goes through Trey Turner. Guy doesn't even remotely get his glove close to the ball. Don't know what happened with that. Schwarber's playing uh, left field, comes up, tries to pick the ball up, and he just boots it. And then he has to go back, and he's like, he's bumbling around. And I'm just like, 
I played like that's like a little league. That's a little league error. It was yes. two errors on the same play. I'm like, what? This is the Phillies. Yeah. They have one of the best infield coordinators in baseball, Bobby Dickerson, who used to be the Orioles guy. They have Trey Turner, who's usually pretty good at fielding. And I, I went, I sorry, I, went, I wanted to nerd out on their their defense because I was like, this can't be right. Uh, they're on, so Baseball Reference has defensive efficiency, which measures the percentage of balls in play converted into outs. They're the fourth worst in baseball. Kyle Schwarber playing like the outfield. He's supposed to be a DH. I think yes. that's what they primarily signed him for, but Bryce Harper is clogging that spot because he can't throw the ball because of Tommy John surgery. So Schwarber has negative 10 defensive runs saved this year. Trey Turner, I mean, usually Trey Turner's pretty good. It's not a gold glove shortstop, but he's certainly not the glove, not even close to the baseball shortstop. Yes. Um, below average defensive season from him, and he's also, he's still is batting, or he has an 83 OPS plus. So... They, there's like 15 things wrong with the Phillies right now. And I don't know what, like before Harper came back, you could always say, Hey, Bryce is coming back. The offense will be fine. I don't know what their next like thing they have coming down the line. They can just pinpoint and say, Hey, you know, we have this. He's coming. Yeah. I don't have that. The only thing that's interesting though, is because I was looking just at their lineup in general, aside from Schwarber, their entire starting lineup is hitting North of 240. So like close to average above average, as opposed to, I'm sorry to bring them up again, but like the New York Yankees, their bottom five hitters are hitting under 220. So I don't understand what's happening if three of their hitters are hitting over 300. Most of them are hitting above 240 that they can't seem to scrap a couple runs and figure it out. I, I am worried about the Phillies. Panic panic button is hit, though. We're smashing the panic button. I, yeah. The starting pitching has not been – like last year, it was Wheeler, it was Nola. They were both like, those are your horses – Ranger Suarez was fantastic last year. And I look at their rotation this year. They're 24th in baseball. They have a five ERA as a starting staff. Yeah. You can't win like that. You can't yeah. win when your pitching staff's giving up runs and you can't win when you have Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber booting the ball across the field. And nobody played like Castellanos in right field is you probably don't want him there. Like they just have a bunch of guys that you would prefer to not be playing the field, playing the field. Yes. They have a team full of guys that are like, what if we just had eight DHs? Then we'd be fine. What if we what if we petition the league? What because you know they love changing the rules and adding things. What if we just try to petition the league that like you don't you need a pitcher and you need a catcher and then that's all you need. You, everybody then DH's. you're fine. Everyone else you're is fine. DH. Yeah. All I mean, DH's. Top, they're not fielding the ball anyway, so I feel like you don't even need position players out there. If they had a team of DHs, they would be undefeated right now. Yes. Nobody. Yeah. But do you <laughs> that think made no sense when I said it? <laughs> Like, who the fuck would catch the ball? <laughs> but somehow people are shaking their head like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I don't know. They have Senga tonight, Crasco tomorrow. Do they take two from the Mets or is this going to be a blowout? They're on right now. Let's see. Oh, they are? Yeah. Um, I mean, but if we're talking about dysfunction. I feel like the Mets are still, like, Mets are, they're, yeah. they're two old starting pitchers, surprisingly, are looking old. No. That's no. so bizarre. You have the two oldest pitchers in baseball. Yeah, Verlander and Verlander and Scherzer. I like Verlander though. Oh, it's on now. It's zero zero. Top of the third. Okay. Yeah, Verlander allows six runs versus yeah six runs, five innings, nine hits against the Rockies. Who? Yeah. No disrespect. Uh, they're in last place. I'll I'll be nice. I'll, that's all I'll say. They're just they're in last place. They're in last place. I did see that the other place. day. I saw that. I was like, whoa, the Rockies beat the Mets, and Verlander was pitching. That's 
bizarre. It's like every other time Verlander pitches. The Rays beat him up two starts before that. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Surprisingly, the guy who's 40. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Not me. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know the Phillies and the Mets. That's That's a disgusting series to watch. I honestly feel bad if anybody says that, like watching that in earnest. Um, so those are a couple of teams around the the midway or the, the, the third way mark of the season that we wanted to, you know, dig a little deeper on. I saw this great fan graphs article about your guy, Harrison Bader, uh, that it was fantastic. It, It basically said that like this guy's defense right now is like, it's generationally good. Yes. Showed all the highlights, showed all the clips, the diving catches, the head first grabs. Like I, I wanted to give you the floor. Is Harrison Bader generally generationally good at fielding the baseball? Yes. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is how well he does in center field. And it's because like just his route to the ball, like the way he angles it, he makes all of his plays look so easy. Some of the ones that he goes into the gap, just look oh clear gap shop no Harrison Bader runs out of there and gets it um I also want to add more of a fun aspect is just it's he's so fun to watch just because he's so animated on the field very similar to Soto like when he's hitting how he watches the ball all the way in Harrison Bader is just a joy to watch in the outfield but in that article what was really cool is they were saying that if you just look at some of the plays he makes how effortlessly he gets the ball he currently ranks second and outs above average this year and 22 games five total already his max last year was seven. And to put that into perspective, like other players have played almost double the amount of games and he's still second in outs above average at five, which is crazy. I also read an article recently um, from the newjersey.com. They did a story on him and he said, I would play for the New York Yankees for free. Essentially. He just loves playing the game. Justin's making a face. Okay. So for those who don't know, Harris Mater's a free agent after this year. So the Yankees would have to resign him or obviously he goes to another team. And he said, I just love this so much. I would do this for free. You're not buying it, Justin? What's, what is with the face? Well, I have never heard that. <laughs> what, what right-minded man says, yeah, like you could say you like to play for the Yankees. I'd like to come back. But to, to cage it around, I'll play for this team for free. He would. Okay. That's how much he loves playing for yeah, the New go, York Yankees. Yeah, go do it. Sign a $1 contract. Let's see what happens. Harrison. He's very passionate about the game, which is what I respect about Harrison Boehner is what I will say. But this is why we can't have nice things. Quoting Taylor Swift, Harrison Boehner looks like he's going on the IL. So all of those lovely things I just mentioned, just it's going to take a back seat <laughs> because he's going on the IL. He was running the first base yesterday. As you know, you have to run 90 feet when you hit a ball on the ground and hamstring tight. Aaron Boone said he's not playing today doesn't know about tomorrow and it's possible that he goes on the IL but he's not worried I just there, there's just something I need to get off my chest with this are we not warmed up when we're playing a baseball game like I I feel like this happens a lot in major league baseball like they're running to first base and then hamstring something happens and then they have to go on the IL it's 90 feet I'm not asking you to run to the other side of the center field and back. I'm asking you to run to first base. And what really pissed me off, I'm sorry, this is part of my rant. What really made me mad in the Twitter comment section were people going, this is why they shouldn't be sprinting to first base. What? Derek Jeter sprinted every single play out, every single one. If it was a ground ball to the pitcher, he sprinted. If it was 
a dapper to right center field, he sprinted. Don't say that, oh, this is why they shouldn't be sprinting. This is why Stanton jogs and Rizzo jogs and even Judge sometimes jogs. No, they can run to first base. I promise they shouldn't be tearing their hamstring, sprinting 90 feet. Sorry. That was really, that Twitter comment section was really getting my nerves today. I mean, you get benched if you don't run to first base. Like, like there's been, there's been so many instances where guys will just get like benched. I think I want to say Bryce Harper got benched for not running one time. Um, Oh no, Manny Machado. It was Manny Machado. And he's, this is when he played for the Dodgers and he said, I'm not Charlie hustle. He's like, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to run out of first base. Um, and I love Manny, but that was an odd thing to say. Yeah. It's like, Hey, it's not going to run. I'm not not just going to run, run really hard. I don't have to. Um, that's a How fascinating. How many times are you really running in a game? Harrison Bader in the gap. If you're, yeah. But like what? That happens once every two games. Like full out sprint is sprint. Not that often. That's how guys. That's how larger men can continue to play baseball for years. Yeah. Like you don't have to be super super athletic to play baseball. It helps. Yes, but as you don't have to. It's not a requirement. Um, it's frustrating. That made me think, though, when you're talking about Aaron Boom, uh, yes. is because it's almost a week ago now, but he was ejected for the third time. And uh, how many games? Third time in ten games. This is last week, but yes. um, does Aaron Boone like managing the Yankees? Is this a cry for help? I think I think he just wanted an extra off day. He was on Talking Yanks talking about it, and they said, "Yeah, Booney, like you did it before you had an off day. The next day, like what were you saying? Oh, I just wanted back to back off days. Like you don't really do anything. You just sit there and hang out." He was a little fired up. He said, "You know, I shouldn't have been injected. That was." Shouldn't have been ejected. Don't think I deserve the ejection. Uh, he doesn't like the fine. He did say that because people don't know. That's obviously what happens. But he's he gets very into the game. I think it's, you got to respect Aaron Boone for defending his players. I, I think disagree. there's defending your players to a degree. but to he, So he's been ejected four times this season. Yes. And since 2018, he's been ejected 30 times. And that's more than any other manager. That's correct. Like, you, I feel like the whole get in the umpire's face and scream at him, it, you can use that to kind of rally the team to a certain extent. But if you do it so often, like Aaron Boone, it just becomes white noise and you kind of lose that effect. It's like anything. You do too much of it, you're just like, I mean, the first couple of times, Booney, you had me. I was ready to run through a brick wall for you when you spat. And he did actually, he spit in the umpire's face too, which yes. is great. So real big time spit guy. Um, I think if he does that as often as he does and has been for the past five years, um, it's just weird. Just chill out. It lo- there's no effect to it. I, I, you probably want to get out of there to beat the rush out of the stadium or something. There's, there's some ulterior motive here. That's why it's like, that's why I'm like, does he like coaching? Is this, does he just not want to coach anymore? He's tired. Maybe he's a little tired. Just wanted a little, a little day off. It's just, he's, he's getting tossed. Three times in 10 games is excessive. I think I you do, can say that. I do think that the umpires, though, they've they've been really inconsistent in the last couple games. So I don't want to, like, totally defend Boone on this, but if you're that inconsistent and your pitcher's – yeah, I think Schmidt was on the mound when he got ejected. Like, that's that's tough. Help, help Clark Schmidt out. Not totally, but, you know, a little bit. Just a little bit. Lord knows Clark Schmidt needs it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Was that when they were playing the Orioles that he did this? 
Yeah, yes, I love the yes, yes. Yeah. And the spit okay, yeah. he also didn't spit in the umpire's face. He was yelling you- and water came out of his mouth. He was Sammy Sprinkler. He coded that guy. Once again, I should be the PR for the New York Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's not that bad. Technically, he didn't spit on him. He spit in the direction. And he just happened. To... It just happened to fly onto his face. Yeah, it just happened. He didn't do it on purpose. Come on. Yeah. Just... Who amongst us hasn't? Yeah, it's all right, Kate. So PR, PR 101. Steal that I'm, from part of my take. I'm um, PR. Yes, you are. You are the PR for the New York Yankees. We interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bats podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store guaranteeing a delicious product, so stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. You have the next thing. It looks like. Yes. Yes. Divisions in baseball. This is very interesting. So, obviously, the divisions are set up for a reason. We're all very well aware of it. It's been a long time coming. It's always been this way. Okay. This is what's frustrating about looking at the standings as just even just someone who watches baseball. Take fan out of the question. The dead last Toronto Blue Jays are 28 and 26 on the season. 519 winning percentage. Okay. Great. So, they're over 500, dead last in the AL East. Everyone's just clawing one another to get to the top in that division. The Minnesota Twins have the same record as the Toronto Blue Jays and are first in the AL Central. First. Now, every other team in that division is under 500. Meanwhile, every team in the AL East is over 500. So the fact that the Twins just get to walk on into the playoffs because they win the division is very frustrating, in my opinion. I don't know how to fix this. I don't have a remedy. I don't have a solution. I'm just asking the people listening or somebody out there if we can come up with a better system because personally, I don't really think it's fair. But Justin, I would like to hear your take on this because I'm I'm frustrated watching this. Are you advocating against the the division system or do you want to have an NBA conference like one through eight? plus or minus five other teams that somehow make it to the playoffs in the NBA. Are, are you saying you want to eradicate the divisions and just have it based off of records? Is that what you're saying? Maybe we swap up the divisions a little bit, you know, just to make it, but the whole, okay. So here's my issue with that, with doing that. Now I'm just going on a rant. Here's the problem with like switching up teams. The division is you don't really know th- that well, who's going to be, very successful, and nobody thought the Baltimore Orioles would be doing this well. But at the same time, there are some teams that are struggling significantly, like the entire AL Central, and then the Twins just get to – also, the Twins aren't even doing that well. for the. It's not like they're beating up on the teams in the AL Central. They're just slightly over 500. So maybe you mix up the divisions. Maybe you do it like the NBA. But I think it's tough that other teams – like can't make the playoffs and then are have significantly higher records than other teams in different divisions. But that's just my opinion. There's been times in the past that like teams have won, like there's been teams that have won hundred games and missed the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not fair. I mean that, yeah, that wasn't fair. Cause my dad would tell me stories about the, the old days of the Orioles. And it was like, 
the the 1982 Orioles were 94 68 and one. They finished in second place. They didn't make the playoffs, and it came down to the last series of the year. They're playing. They lost to the Brewers in the very last game, I think, and they just they missed the playoffs and they won 94. I I don't know what the one team that won 100 games and didn't make the playoffs. That's crazy. that was back in the day with the, the old um the old it was like the AL East and the you had the East and you had the West and that was it. There's no Central. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you I mean, do I, that. Maybe you cut out the central and split them up and put half them in the west and half them in the east. I don't know. I think the pirates shouldn't be in the central. I think if we we can maybe change it up okay. based off of geography. Pirates yeah. should be in the east. Yes, they should be in the east. Yeah, 2019 Indians uh 93 and 69 didn't make the playoffs. That's crazy. That's crazy. 93 Giants had 103 wins and didn't make the playoffs. It's like 103 wins. And you don't make the playoffs? How is that possible? And then you look so at yeah, other they finished teams. second in the NL West. So back then, apparently, you had, you had four playoff teams and there's total. There's no wild card. There's no wild card. Yeah. So yeah, the the 1993 San Francisco Giants. They the, the Atlanta Braves that year went 104 and 58. The Giants went 103 and 59, and they didn't make the playoffs. Well, that's probably why then they made the wild card because I guess that helps. MLB wild card. When did the first? When was the first wild card? Nineteen ninety four. Yeah. Yes. Fairly. <laughs> honestly, I, I think that was. I think the ninety three Giants were the reason why you had the wild card because you're like, hey guys, it's not that's, fair. That's that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, you you can't win one hundred and three games and be sitting at home in October. So, um, I there's something to it. I don't know if we should do full out just like conference based off of like the AL and NL one through whatever. Yeah. I don't know if we should do it like that, but it is, it is disheartening sometimes when you look and you're like, if we were just in one other division, we'd be in the playoffs. Yes. Like the AL East is insane right now. Best division in baseball, the AL beast. Yeah. That would be a good way to phrase it. <laughs> um, It's fascinating. I think the old heads will vehemently disagree with everything that we just said. Yeah. They do not like change. Um, no. so why mess with the current division format if there's nothing wrong with it? So, uh, I will be curious to see how this gets received by the masses who, as we know, are always correct. Everybody on Twitter is always right. And TikTok, except us. We're, we're never right. We don't know what we're talking about. We, we're just two, hey, we're just two people that have no dirt in our spikes. We never played the game. Never played nope. it. We never played in the MLB. Who are we to talk about it? I don't know what I'm doing here. I should just hang it up right now. We don't deserve to have an opinion is what we're getting at. You're right. Hand up. We don't. Somebody was like, I, this, I hate when quote unquote podcasts show up in my feed with people who, yeah, I was just like, what? Okay. Well, who sorry. asked you? I'm sorry. sorry. You can just keep Take scrolling. You take, don't it have up, to listen. take it up with Elon that we got in your for you on Twitter. That's not my fault. You must be engaging with similar content. Maybe you'll like it. Give us Maybe a you listen. you like other podcasts. Yeah. So funny. So bad. Um, I had to say something nice about a little tone oh, shift. We love it. Let's, let's get the vibes going. Let's get the positive vibes flowing right now. And my say something nice about this week is about the Oakland A's and Asturi Ruiz. There is not a lot to cheer for in Oakland nowadays. That's been well-documented. This podcast has covered it extensively. But 
Oakland A's fans have one player that they can count on for pure electricity on a nightly basis, and that's their center fielder, Asturi Ruiz. He came in over the, the Sean Murphy trade, which if you're an A's fan, you're just kind of numb at this point to trading away your players. Sean Murphy is like the best catcher in baseball uh, offensively. It's like him and Adley. And then it's like Matt Olson's also over there killing it. So yeah, just don't don't look at the Braves right now. But this guy, Asturi Ruiz, I didn't know this, but in the minors last year across double and triple A, his like total minor league stats for the year is like the most insane thing I've ever seen. He batted 332. He had 16 home runs and he stole 85 bases. <laughs> oh my God. This guy, he does it all average power speed. He goes to Oakland this year. Like I said, the lineup is a little thin, but not, but that's not Asturio Ruiz's fault. Cause he's doing everything he can. I just love the fact he has the green light to, to run whenever he wants. So in the first 24 games, he had five steals, which, you know, that's not that great. But in the last 30 games, he has 22 steals. If you pace that out over the course of a 162-game season, that would be 118, and that would be tied with Lou Brock. Uh, <laughs> and only behind Ricky Henderson since, like, the AL and NL were a thing. There was, like, some guys in the 1800s that stole, like, 200 bases somehow, but we don't oh count my that. Gosh. Um, so Asturio Ruiz is electric. He has like a really high success rate. He's, he has a 90% success rate for stealing bases. You're like, oh, maybe he's just is getting thrown out every single time he runs. He doesn't. Major League average is also 79.5% somehow. Yeah. So the new rules, the pickoff rule, the bases being bigger, whatever it is, just everybody's stealing almost everything this year. Uh, and Asturio Ruiz is going to have over 100 steals, and it's going to be the best thing ever. So uh, that's awesome. Shout out him. Say something nice. We love that. Good for the Oakland A's. Honestly, they need something after having one of the worst seasons ever in Major League Baseball. So maybe he'll break that record, and then they'll also break the worst record in Major League Baseball ever. That'd be great. Say something not so nice about the Oakland A's. They're on pace for a twenty-seven and one thirty-five record. It's tough. It's it's looking it's looking tough. I I want to I want to stay positive though. Just for this segment, we'll say we're not gonna. Well, we won't harp on the. Oklahoma oh teams. yeah, we okay. I think in the spirit of, I think in the spirit of this segment, no more negativity. Positive no more negativity. Vibes. Only positive vibes. I'm gonna say something nice about the Kansas City Royals because they deserve some love too. Now, when you think the Royals, probably thinking Zach Greinke, right? We love him. Everyone loves Zach Greinke. One of the best, future Hall of Famer. Kudos to him. But do you think about Mike Myers now? If you don't know, he was in the minor leagues, played for St. Louis for the Cardinals a couple years, was tossed around. He did not do very well back then, had a really high ERA. I believe it was like north of six. Now, he comes up because the Royals need a spot starter, goes eight innings, just under eight innings, perfect game, nearly perfect baseball. And now in his three starts, he has a 1.35 ERA across those appearances two with an opener. Obviously, like I said, his debut in 2016 did not go smoothly, but he comes in, he has near perfect, brilliant start. And he talked about, it was really nice in the post-game interview. He's talking about, you know, facing Adam Wainwright. And he said that that was his mentor, like on St. Louis. And it was amazing to see him. And I'm just really happy for the, for the Kansas City Royals because they really just, they don't, they don't get a lot of love. So go Mike Myers, definitely someone to look out for coming up i hope he gets another you know start coming up but you know near perfect would have broken a record in royals history so good for them i saw this i'm so glad you brought it up because yeah 
people forget about the Kansas City Royals this year. What's their what's the record? They're 17 and 38. So they're not <laughs> Fetty Wap would love the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> That reference is so old. That was um, so good. That was so good. <laughs> I was like, damn, is that going to play? Okay. Um, I got it. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm still cool with the kids. 1738. Okay. Um, where was I going with that? Yeah. People yeah. don't people sleep with the Kansas City Royals, and they shouldn't because they have some really good players. Oh, here's a fun fact for you. Jackie Bradley Jr. plays for the Royals. Bet you didn't know that. Oh, heartfelt. Very heartfelt. Go Royals. Kansas City needs some love. I'm excited about Oh, here's something else fun about the Royals. Uh, Edward Olivares was against the Nationals. He hit a home run so hard it broke the scoreboard and it started smoking. I did see that. I did see that. It was against the Nationals, so I didn't didn't love bringing that up. But in the spirit of say something nice about, they got dudes. Who says they they can play? They're good. It's what a time. What a time to be a Royals fan. Um, Oh, okay. Now that we're done with the positivity and the negativity, did you see the Oakland or did you see the, the Houston Astros tweet about, no, <laughs> so what oh day gosh. was this? I had to screenshot it. Wait, I'm oh, excited. Houston Astros, 10 runs in front of tens of fans. They, they tweeted a highlight out from no. uh, two days ago. Yeah. The 28th. They had to delete it. They were trolling. They were trolling Oakland on Twitter and they nope. and people universally were like, Guys, this is mean. That's like, mean. You just pile. You're piling on. Um, Salt in the wound. No, don't. Yeah, we we try to be nice. Like I say, whenever I do segments on my TikTok about the Oakland A's, I say like it's more of, and I'm sorry. We feel bad for Oakland. We're not trying to shame them. I wow, that Astro social media manager might get in trouble. That's tough. yeah. They uh, they, <laughs> they yeah. Like I said, they had to delete it. But yeah, it's just like. It's unnecessary. Like, yeah, we we get it. Oakland has their their struggles. They're, they're, you know, the fans. There's a whole thing. They're about to leave the the city, so it's mm-hmm. like, all right, guys, Easy. Astros sitting in your glass house throwing stones. That's okay. so mean. That's literally is, so mean. It's yeah, it's so mean. You guys were just banging trash cans not that long ago. Like, I think people have just now kind of like forgotten, and it's like, okay, yeah. But like, there's still some hardcore people like you guys are cheaters forever. Never yes. don't forget that. I think the Oakland A's should have dunked on them somehow. They could have brought up the trash cans. No, their their social media manager is still on teamwork. I looked yesterday. They're oh, so they, don't, they don't have one. Yeah, it's tough. You should apply for that. Yeah, I know, right? Come on, that'd be so fun. I would have such a kick out of that. <laughs> to be the that'd be a tough that'd be a tough gig. It's a tough job. <laughs> you just get just getting dunked on by everybody. Everybody everybody's making fun of Oakland A's right now. It's a, it's the cheap easy joke. Um, okay. but Twitter, they've been fun. The social media ones have been fun. Like the Yankees yeah. and the Orioles one, the Yankees, um, tweeted like the player's going to play, play, play when they beat the Orioles and the Orioles meet them the next day. And they're like, the haters going to hate. <laughs> that was pretty good. It was good. That was good. Hey, speaking of Orioles and social media, you saw something that was really cool. I saw the best thing land on my for you page. And I said, oh my gosh, got to talk about this with Justin on the podcast. Adley Rushman in New York, behind the scenes at the MLB store. Phenomenal content. They had him mic'd up in the store acting like a sales associate. He was just going up to people, 
talking to them, trying to like promote his jersey a little bit. There was there was one line that was really funny. He was like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And it was him like trying to lead people to the Adley Rushman jersey. And people, there was a few people that came in. They're like, oh yeah, I'm really looking for a, a Cedric Mullins one. He's like, oh, you said Adley Rushman? Oh yeah, hold on. Uh, there's, there's some, and they're like, no, no, I said Cedric Mullins. And then he was like, yeah, Adley Rushman. It's like right over here. I'll just show it to you. I was very disappointed last year that people were choosing to watch the NFL over the World Series as a true baseball fan myself. That just made me very angry. So I feel like in terms of growing the game, this is the type of content MLB needs to put out consistently. This was phenomenal. And Adley, Justin and I were talking about this prior to the show. He's is a character. He's comedic. He's friendly. He's young. Right now, he's the star of the Baltimore Orioles. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. It, it was so funny. Just like the little, like, little one-liners – just like, I don't know why they keep pushing Rutschman on people. And some lady was like, do you like New York? And he was like, no, it was just, but I feel like you missed 30% of the jokes because you don't watch. I think you should leave on Netflix, which shout out to people that do season three is now streaming as of today. I'm going to, as soon as I get done here, I'm going to turn on my, my double screens and watch the O's and watch a little, I think you should leave. Cause it's the best show on Netflix, but just like asking people where you can get sloppy steaks. That's an, I think you should leave reference. Like there's just little things that you miss that i don't know i think and these should add it to the, the it's like they're 15 minute episodes kate come on i know i know i you, you get people i'm the worst person they're like you need to watch the show i say okay i'm gonna watch it and then i don't i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch i'll watch one episode right. tomorrow i think you All should right. leave what is it about can you give me like it's a like, very it's slot like they're sketches each one is like three minutes oh. like there's just it's a show that's like sketches just strung together gotcha okay back to back to All back right. I'll give it a shot. It's very funny. People of the pod, you um, should give it a shot. Yes. It's and Adley went on our good friend Eric Ardee's podcast, Eggs of 52. And they literally like Eric and Adley just did 10 minutes on it. I think you should leave. They were just swapping quotes and what they thought was funny. And I thought it was great. So I want to give fantastic. a shout out to Eric. Kills it, Barstool RDT. Um, but yeah, Adley, he just he gets it. He's he understands humor, he understands timing. He he's everything that this game needs to grow. He should be he should be the main marketing star. I remember when they tried to make Mike Trout be that; it was painful. They were like, "Hey, do these subway ads and hey, do these commercials for this and that." It's like, dude, just don't, don't, don't make Mike Trout do it anymore. Have yeah. Adley do it. He'll be the face of baseball. It'll be great. So, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I love Adley's my favorite player in baseball. Yes, huge Adley fan. We're huge Adley fans. We're big, big Adley podcast. Um, all right, last. But certainly not least, we have our rants for this week. Uh, Kate, I'm going to let you go first. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Thank you. I'm honored. Yeah. All right. I'm, I've been ready for this all week. I saw it, and I said, I'm ready. The Padres come into New York. Fernando Tatis Jr. obviously was suspended for opioids. We all know that. Tatis comes back. Let's just th- throw it under the rug, all right? Obviously, nobody condones using drugs or any – performance-enhancing substances. Why are we screaming and chirping Tatis in the outfield? Now, I'm not saying I'm against chirping. You want to chirp a little bit? That's fine. I'm talking about like if it's a 3-2 count and you yell like, ah, that's fine, okay? You want to yell some chants while Tatis is in right field? I'll allow it. I can hear the comment section right now. I'll let it slide. 
you starting a chant that he is a cheater that the broadcast Apple TV broadcast picked up is insanity. What is what is Tatis do? Home run. Next day, another home run. I does do Yankee fans is this thing on? Do Yankee fans not learn their lesson? What happened with Jose Altuve when they did this? Every single time, every single time they scream at Jose Altuve, he hits a home run. I don't know what happens to Major League Baseball players when you chirp them to that extent. It's like they get superpowers or something, or they get like another edge on their shoulder. It always reminds me of when you intentionally walk someone and then the next batter comes up and they're like, oh, well, now he's going to go hit a home run or something because now he's pissed off that you intentionally walked the guy in front of him. I don't understand. And then what was the icing on the cake was when Tatis hits the home run, he like flips the bat all the way. It was the most dramatic black bat flip I've ever seen. And I am a big proponent of, you don't want me to bat flip, fine, then don't throw me a hanging slider. But it was comical. Tatis being a conductor in the outfield to the chance, using like his ears, showcasing it. He loved it. He loved being the villain. But I I don't understand. I will tell you this. I go to the game on Sunday, dead silent in the bleachers. <laughs> Nobody's yelling anything. They're like, nope, I'm not yelling anything at Tatis because we saw what happens last time. But I don't understand. If Altuve comes into town in August, no, 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 no. Nobody chirp Altuve. Bad things happen when you do that. Rant over. You poke the bear. Yeah. You poke the bear. Just, Thank you. I also just find it weird that that Yankees fans are the ones calling out people for using steroids when I think in the last 25 years, most of the biggest stars from the New York Yankees are known steroid users. Like, you know, the whole thing, I just said that about like the Astros and the, and the A, chirp and the A's and the A's can be like, Hey, you know, whatever. But like, you, you like a rod Pettit, Clemens, like there's, and these yeah. names ring a bell. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, the pot calling the kettle black. Like, I, I don't know what we're yeah. doing here. We're going to yell that. Just, you know, we don't need to yell anything. You can yell some fun stuff. Wait, uh, really quick. How do you feel about the wave? Because it looked like Garrett Cole was. <laughs> the wave went on just for people to know that, like for reference, I have a video of it. It went on like six times around the stadium when Garrett Cole was pitching. He did not look impressed. I'm curious if MLB players think that's annoying or if they just don't even realize it. Ooh. Okay, we'll have to ask. We'll have to right? ask some of them their opinion. I like the wave. You I'm do? very pro wave. Okay. Yeah, I don't start it. Uh, I for sure will like if I'm if I'm across the stadium and I see like one guy out there doing his hardest, trying his damnedest to try to get the people up. Because you know how it's you know it always takes like one guy in one section. And he's always like one, two, three, and he tries tries to start it that way. Yeah. Um, I won't I won't be the one that started, but I'll join in. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes if I if I don't feel like standing up, I'll just give it the arms. You just you just give it the arms real quick. Um, but if if you're getting into it and the whole and the whole crowd's cheering, yeah, you full stand up. It's great. Especially if the game, if it's a blowout. If they start the wave during a blowout and it's like the, the people there are like unhappy, lightens the mood. Vibe yeah. change. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. I like that. I like that. Very so pro we're pro waivers. Yes. You live a little bit. You, you know, baseball's a kid's game. Seems it's very childish to stand up and go woo, but why not? Baseball's We're also fun. grown adults singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" in the seventh inning. So yeah, we do a lot of there's a lot things. of. <laughs> I when I go to the Orioles games, I always sing "Thank God I'm a Country Boy" at the top of my lungs. Um, 
And I also scream, oh, during the national anthem. And I do that at other sporting events and doesn't play as well. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get him out of I'm here. I'm the only one just silently under my breath going, oh. And I know everybody's kind of like, what? What, the what did, was did I he say doing? something? It's because I'm from Balmer. Um, All right, give us a rant. That was a great rant. Uh, I have a rant. So actually, I don't know if it's rant. Kind of, I could almost have used this and say something nice about it. It's, a, it's more of an upbeat kind of Love rant. Um, so 2023, uh, I've been so I've been playing fantasy baseball for a long time, ten plus years. Same core group. It's been great. We all talk shit. Uh, it's a great way to just kind of like stay in touch with like a friends and also like be locked in with the game, not just the team that you follow. So I'm very pro fantasy baseball. If you don't play, you should. Um, I love fantasy baseball because it makes you have to, it forces you to like pay attention to everything, all teams, all players. And 2023, I don't know what it is about this year, but this is the year of the rookie. I like, there's just so much insane young talent in this game right now. And I don't know if it's just exclusive to this year or if there's more of it this year, I don't have any quantitative numbers or data to back this up, but I'm just going to come out and say it. This is the year of the rookie because, okay, let's say, look, some, some rookie hitters that are absolutely killing it right now. I may or may not have most of these guys on my fantasy baseball team at the moment. Josh Young from the Rangers. He's 11th. He's 10th in the AL. He's 11 home runs. Guys, insane. Masataka Yoshida comes over from Japan. He's hitting 303 for the Red Sox. Casey Schmidt only played a handful of games for the Giants, but he's been red hot. He's batting 342. I have most of those guys, but it's really crazy. Is like the arms is that every time you look on MLB.com, the front page is always like some rookie made his debut and dazzled. They love using the word dazzled. They, he shines in his big league debut. And there's been so many of them. It's like, all right, two in Cleveland, Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen. We've talked about Logan Allen on this podcast a little bit with Gab Gowdy a couple weeks ago. Both have sub threes. Logan Allen absolutely shoved against the Orioles. 10 strikeouts. Guy's insane. We already know how I feel about the Mariner starter, Bryce Miller, and how upset I was when the Yankees, you know, come out back behind the woodshed and beat him. Um, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, then, if you want to get extra nerdy, Dodgers first-round pick from a couple years ago, Bobby Miller, has two amazing starts, and he absolutely took it to the Nationals the other night. And my favorite is it's a relief pitcher. If you don't know this name, you should. I'll probably do a video about him at some point. Uh, his name is Ben Joyce. Ben Joyce Write that name down, put it in your brain, because he's going to be the next big thing in baseball. He, in college at Tennessee, he threw 105 and a half miles per hour. And when he, he came in for one inning with the Angels, he was pumping 102, 102, 101, 102 easy. Guy's got gas, throws hard as hell. And I just like, it's so awesome to see this next wave of young talent. And I didn't even talk about Tosh Bradley or, or some of these other great rookie starting pitchers that are great. But um, it's been so much fun to keep up with. If, like I said, Pay attention. Keep up with these guys because you're gonna. These are names that will be there for the next ten plus years. I love that. I love that. Staying young, so good. And it's. I feel like it's also appealing to the younger fans as well because again, like that's going to be who you're watching, as you know, you go about that. Yeah, it's just like every night. Every I'm telling you, every night there's a debut. Every night there's a top prospect from a team that you don't pay attention to, and he goes out. And he does what Bryce Miller did, and he strikes out 10 in his debut. Or he does what uh, Ben Joyce did and throws 102 miles per hour on the reg. So it's like, yeah, it's great. There's so many great young talent players, whatever. Um, please keep up with this. And play fantasy baseball. Do you play fantasy baseball? I don't, know. 
I'm getting I'm getting looks right now. <laughs> it's the best. It's why? Why? What, what I, do you have against fantasy baseball? Nothing. I I honest, I don't really know how to play. Like, is it an app? I'm being totally honest right now. I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not into like the gaming aspect of sports, and I know I need to be better. It's not sports betting. We're just we're no. We'll put you in the we'll put you in the Breaking Bats League here next year. All right, perfect. Like I just yeah, pick a great. team, right? No, you draft players. You play fantasy yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. Like draft players on my team. Yes. No. Oh, yes. That's what I meant. Not like pick. A, a, yeah, I like draft players for my current team. Yeah. Right. And then you play against yes. each other. I think. I think it's all I had for this week. Did about an yeah. hour. Had some. Yeah. Had some laughs. Um. I don't know how I don't know how to end this. Kate, end the pod. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next Wednesday. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. Playing on your radio, coming through your stereo.